Good morning, everyone. I'm going to call this meeting to order. This is Alameda County Board of Supervisors Public Protection Committee meeting, Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Um, can the clerk please announce the, um, the instructions to participate? I'll call the roll first. Supervisor oh, yes. Marquez? Present. Supervisor Miley? Present and accounted for. For in-person participation, the meeting site is open to the public. If you wish to speak on an item, please fill out a speaker's card and pass it to the clerk. For remote participation, you can find the teleconferencing guidelines at www.acgov.org. Teleconferencing guidelines. Uh, to participate remotely, please use the raise, raise your hand function at the appropriate time. Thank you. I just want to make a few announcements, and then I believe President Miley would also like to make announcements. Um, just want to welcome everyone that's here present and participating online to the first Public Protection Committee meeting of the new year. And thank you to all the stakeholders who have joined us today for this important policy discussion. The purpose of today's committee agenda is threefold. We are here collectively to review the Board of Supervisors approved framework for establishing a Sheriff's Oversight Board in Alameda County receive an update on its implementation from the leading county agencies that include the Office of County Council, Human Resources Services, and the County Administrator's Office, and connect members of the public to this implementation phase of Assembly Bill 1185 in Alameda County, and continue to advance the critical work of Reimagine Adult Justice Initiative with transparent, accountable, and inclusive community engagement. And President Miley, I believe you have a few remarks as well. Uh, yeah, I have, I have one remark bef uh, prior to uh, the agenda item. Then I have a remark uh, before the presentation on the agenda item. So should I do my remark prior to the uh, Okay, thank you, uh, Chair Marquez. So I want to apologize to the chair of our committee and the public for missing a couple of meetings. I've only missed those meetings because I've had unavoidable conflicts, unavoidable conflicts. For instance, my staff and I had to attend a meeting of the Alameda County Police Chiefs and Sheriff's Association, along with representatives from a number of federal and state law enforcement agencies to discuss how to address the crime that plagues not just our county, but our society. So that was an unavoidable conflict. It's my intention to be in these meetings as much as possible. So I just wanted to apologize for that before we went to the item. So thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, President Miley. And I, I believe one meeting, you had a very important event. It was the 20th annual... Healthy um, Living Festival yes. at the Oakland Zoo with 3,000 older adults. Yes. Thank you for that update. We appreciate that. We're now gonna move on to agenda item number one. This is a presentation on approved board framework and potential next steps regarding AB 1185, Sheriff's Oversight Implementation. We have three presenters today. They are Andrea Weddle, Chief of Assistant County Council, Alameda County Office of County Council, Margarita Zamora, Director of Alameda County Human Resource Services Department, and Melanie Altadito, Deputy County Administrator with the County Administrator's Office. And I believe Ms. Weddle will be kicking us off. 
Just a second. President Miley has another comment. Uh, yeah. Before we start with the presentations, I also wanted to make a comment on this agenda item, if that's okay, before sure. presentation. <clears throat> Thank you. So um, I just want to state for the record, unequivocally, once again, that it was uh, myself and former um, Supervisor Richard Valle that advanced this item to the Board of Supervisors in 2021. Uh, former Supervisor Valle, as chair of the Public Protection Committee, he chaired the Public Protection Committee, set the pace and the agenda of this item. Not me, he did. And um, I've been very supportive of oversight and an office of the Inspector General. There are certain aspects of this that I, I don't um, necessarily agree with in terms of uh, some of the advocates, but I've definitely been supportive of oversight and Office of Inspector General, and it's just a matter of this item getting to the full board so we can um, vote on it. I do respect the chair of, the, of this committee, one of Supervisor Valle and now Supervisor Marquez, who, quite frankly, will serve her first year come April, right? Yeah, April, so it's been about... 10 months or thereabouts for Supervisor Vi, um, uh, Marquez. So I've respected her uh, decisions in terms of how this item has been advanced in <clears throat> and been managed. Uh, furthermore, I want to state that if you reflect on 1185, it became law January of 2021. Now think about it. January 2021, we were in the height of a pandemic, a worldwide global pandemic. And anyone who was working for Alameda County, I can't speak for other jurisdictions, but I do know for Alameda County, we were extremely busy dealing with a global pandemic. We had multiple meetings each week on the global pandemic. We had a number of our county agencies and departments focused on that as well as other county staff. There was remote work and other things going on. So the fact that this item hasn't gotten as far as some people would like to see, keep in mind we were all dealing with a global pandemic. Furthermore, we had an election in 2022 where a new sheriff came on board and the new sheriff had her ideas about her, the strategic plan for her office. So we really had to give her an opportunity to see how she would want to um, entertain this whole notion of oversight and office of inspector general, of which she supports. But she had to have a chance to um, review and analyze this. Furthermore, we had a new supervisor. Unfortunately... Yeah, two. Unfortunately, Supervisor Baye passed away, and unfortunately, Supervisor Wilma Chan was killed. And and out of respect, the way I operate it, the way I operate, it's important. It's very important that 
my colleagues and, and, and on any um, governmental body have an opportunity to get up to speed on important matters of public policy, of which this is an extremely important matter of public policy. So both Supervisor Lena Tam, who uh, was sworn in January 2023, and Supervisor Marquez, who was sworn in April 2023, both needed to get up to speed on this particular very important policy item. So I want to make sure the public rec recognizes that Supervisor Nate Miley, currently president of the Board of Supervisors, who's never chaired this committee, but has served on this committee for quite a while and also chaired the Public Safety Committee for the City of Oakland, has not delayed this matter advancing to the full board for a vote for implementation. Thanks very much, uh, Chair Marquez. Thank you, President Miley, for giving us that historical background, which is very important. Um, before we get started, thank you for your patience. Um, because this is the Public Protection Committee, I do feel it's important to acknowledge that, unfortunately, yesterday, one of our deputy sheriffs was shot in the line of duty. So I, um, we're all praying for his full recovery and just want to send him his um, our best wishes for his full I'm sorry, I don't even know if it's a male. I apologize. I'm just w wishing that the deputy um, is fully recovered. Thank you. And we'll now go ahead with the presentation. Thank you, Chair and Supervisor Miley. We, um, this is a, a, a group presentation that, that the three of us have worked together on in the last uh, week or so to, to put together. Um, it is, I, I wouldn't say sparse, but that is intentional. There's a lot of work to be done. We, we do, as you said, want to establish um, the, the baseline and, and make sure we are um, as, as they would say in the secret world, we have our baseline established and we're moving forward with the project according to the, the appropriate description. So the, the topic today is uh, sheriff's oversight. Um, that includes uh, oversight of, in the form of, of as proposed, um, an advisory board, uh, an over, inspector general, and other things that are authorized by um, AB 1185. And um, so your board, as you know, I'm not able to move this. Thank you. Um, in, in September of last year, there was a, a lengthy board letter presented to you. Um, that was agenda item 124, if anyone cares to, to go back and, and look at the associated material and the related report that came forward with that board letter. And it contained these five recommendations um, for consideration and potential action by your board. And so these were very broad ranging that included um, adoption of some preliminary direction that your board had discussed in July of last year at a work session. Um, there was a, an extensive report that had been prepared um, with an, a number of, of tables and, and background information that uh, former Chief Steele had, had gathered um, and that was addressed in item A. Recommendation B and contained the uh, potential for you to delegate authority to our office, the Office of the County Council, to adopt an ordinance for, uh, excuse me, to draft an ordinance for consideration by your board going forward that would set forth the various authorities and structure for this new body and, and, and the proposed um, 
oversight uh, structure itself. Uh, item C was delegation of authority to the Human Resources Department. Uh, Ms. Amora is, is the director of that agency department. Um, regarding recruitment of a project director to implement these recommendations, item D was authority to the county administrator to uh, establish essentially the, the budget and the function for the various functions. Um, and then the final item was again back to HRS for them to establish the various employment or in classifications and salary ranges for any positions or employment that would be required uh, within that structure. And all of those were outlined in detail in, in the board letter. Um, that was a fairly extensive meeting. I, I was not present for that meeting, but I did go back and, and review um, the audio and videotape. And, and at that meeting, as you see from the next slide, uh, this is the action that your board took. Um, you approved the prior items B, C, D, and E, adding language to C, which is the delegation of, to HRS regarding this new project director position, that that be funded with existing resources. You also amended E, which removed the salary ranges listed um, as part of page four in the report, um, and also removed the proposal for the position of a senior deputy county counsel um, to be uh, retained as part of the overall process. So that approval of, of items B, C, D, and E, again, are, if we go back to the prior slide, you can see, whoops, sorry, Tisa. So B, C, D, and E. So the, the approval was for the Office of the County Council to draft the ordinance for adoption by the Board of Supervisors, delineating the authority and bylaws of the new oversight structure. That action was approved with no changes. C, which is the delegation of authority to the Human Resources Department to do the recruitment for the project director, was approved with an amendment to remove the salary ranges listed on page four and removing the position of senior deputy county counsel from the list of classifications that were included. D was also approved, and that was the approval for the administrator um, to establish the, the, the relevant budget for, for the entire um, operation. And then item E was approved, which included the authorization, authorization for HRS to do the various classifications and salary range studies. There then was a, a subsequent motion. Uh, if you'll move forward again to the prior um, action items, where uh, item A was amended, approved as amended, to remove the request for the, uh, to identify, establish, or hire a half-time senior deputy county council position to support um, the hybrid oversight system from the summary table as well. So your board did, in fact, adopt the preliminary direction um, from the um, report that was included and, and gave direction for us to, to move forward. So uh, there was direction also for your board um, to the right slide. I don't stop turning things off. Sorry, Tisa. For our for you, uh, slide three, please. So directed staff to bring the ordinance to the Public Protection Committee for review uh, before the item returns to your full board. Um, 
we are uh, working on the draft ordinance and we hope to have it for you at the uh, September, excuse me, February 22nd meeting for your full consideration. Um, next slide, please. The action taken by your board answered a number of questions uh, that were presented in the, the staff report from uh, retired uh, director Steele. And some questions were certainly held over for, for future resolution. Um, but the questions that were clearly answered was, should there be an oversight system? And that answer was a resounding yes. Um, so if so, the decision was made that it would be a hybrid type of system. Should it include an oversight board? Your board answered that question also in the affirmative. Should there be an office of an inspector general and an executive officer? Again, a resounding yes. Um, if the board is established, how many members should it consist of? The answer was that it should be a body of seven members. Um, their qualifications and their disqualifying factors were also set forth in the adopted report and will be reflected in the ordinance that establishes them. Uh, the selection of those members was responded to with um, a process that would involve the board appointing five members directly, one from each of your board districts, and two would be selected uh, by nomination of an advisory selection panel. That selection panel would also be established by your board uh, with a, a five-member selection panel. Um, and so the authority that is encompassed by that oversight board will follow and track the report that you have approved, and that will be reflected in the draft ordinance. Uh, one major question that was uh, responded to regarding our role, the role of county council, and the development of the ordinance was that we would, in fact, draft the ordinance. You did not answer at your September 19th meeting what the continuing role of our office would be going forward or whether the um, assignment would be tasked to another uh, legal firm or entity. And so that is a, a major question that remains to be answered. Um, there are other questions that as we move forward and draft the ordinance that will we will be coming back to you with for further advisement, and there are certain provisions of, of the ordinance, or the report itself, that um, would require uh, clarification, and we hope to get into the weeds of those kinds of questions when we bring you a document where you can actually see the substance of what we're, what we're proposing. Um, I will say that about a year and a half ago, I had put together a, a really rough, raw ordinance that had essentially was a sort of a template and placeholder with questions to be answered. Um, this report has now informed that draft document, and that was the starting point of the draft that we will be bringing to you in February. So my colleagues uh, have the next going forward. They may be better at this remote than I, and uh, certainly I can take questions now or, or, after they, or after they proceed. Yeah, let's take questions now. Do you have any questions, President Miley? Well, first of all, just a statement initially. Thank you for that uh, overview, that, that refresher, that um, chronology of, of what has actually uh, been approved and what hasn't been approved um, so that we have a sense of, of where we are at, at this particular point in time because that was very, very good refresher. And, um, and then I know we're going to hear from... HR, and we're going to hear from the county administrator's office because I've got a, a few questions on the on those processes. But the one thing is, uh, 
you mentioned the uh, the role of county council or um, independent council. So when uh, when do you have a sense of when we'll get to that, or does the chair have a sense of when we'll get to that? Certainly, I would defer to the chair, but I, I mean, I think our office has taken a position publicly that we believe that that our office should continue to perform that function. Uh, the decision is is your board's, mm -hmm. and and obviously, when you're prepared to make that decision, then we will uh, provide you with whatever information, recommendations, or further guidance you need. Yeah, I think the way that I envision this process unfolding is we will vet the draft ordinance at our next meeting on February 22nd, just like we're going to take public comment and input at this meeting. That will happen again at the subsequent meeting. Um, if there's a difference in opinion, we'll discuss that here in this committee, but then ultimately it's going to come back to the full board. So we also need to hear from our colleagues and allow them to have the opportunity to weigh on that. So I think it's going to be a multiple-step process. Okay. So, so it's my understanding uh, that the full, full ordinance will come back to us at the end of February, and we'll um, vet the full ordinance, but also we'll be looking at the, the role of either county council or an independent council. Okay. Thank you for helping with that clarification. Um, and I know my policy person's getting that down. And then the other thing is, uh, this is to the chair. Well, because um, I know we can do this, uh, and I and I was just thinking about this. The the appointment uh, there'll be seven folks appointed to the oversight body, a uh, five that we will appoint, and two that will be appointed um, by the body itself. Uh, you, you and I serve on the reparations um, ad hoc committee for the board of supervisors, and we had the board delegate the role of selecting the chair to our committee, we might want to consider doing that for um, this body to have the Public Protection Committee have the authority to appoint the chair for the Oversight Board because um, it would help to facilitate things. It would help for the process to move forward more, um, I, I don't want to say expeditiously, but more smoothly. And I know we can do that, but we would just need to make sure we make that part of the ordinance. Right. So, Supervisor, actually, AB 1185 requires that the chair be selected by your board. Oh, okay, good. So, so that is a statutory. That's already statutory. That's statutory required. Yes. All and, right, good. And, to, and as a point of clarification, your board will actually appoint all seven members. The selection committee will only make nominations, and you okay. will choose from, from among those. So that all was right. set forth in the report. Okay. Now I could say I knew all that, and I was just testing you, <laughs> but, I, but I thank you for being on top of that. Okay, great. Good morning. Marguerite Desamora, Interim Director of Human Resources. Uh, if you can pl place the item on slide five, please. Perfect. Thank you so much. So our charge is on items C and E. C is the delegation of authority to the Human Resources human resource Department or designee to recruit an 1185 project director to implement the recommendations and fund the position within the existing resources. On that item, uh, to bring you up to speed, HRS has been assessing information that we've gathered from other comparable jurisdictions our primary goal is to establish criteria that will allow the county to recruit 
qualified project manager or director uh, with the core competencies that can allow that individual to not only spearhead the project, but implement a successful project as authorized by your board. Um, we are a little bit of a trailblazers. There's not a lot of data on the classification that would be appropriate for this function, but we are taking the best that's out there and we'll be working very closely, not only with county council, but the CAO's office to make sure that we're, uh, we're hiring an individual, that we bring on an individual that has, again, the knowledge, skills, and abilities that can implement that program. With item E, our, uh, your board authorized Human Resource Services Department to review and establish the classifications and salary ranges for the positions within the new structure as outlined in the table, uh, page four of the report. Um, and removing the salary ranges listed on page four and removing the position of senior deputy county counsel from the list of classifications. So on that item, and it's similar to item C, we are utilizing da data from our comparable jurisdictions on the appropriate structure that would be implemented in the county of Alameda. So we really do need, there's, there's a sequence of events that would have to happen. We bring on the project manager the director who would help uh, outline the structure that would be implemented within the um, your board's recommendations, approved recommendations. Thank you. Any questions? Yes. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. So this is a very high-level overview. Mm -hmm. Let's get a little into the weeds a little bit. That's what happens when you got a little experience here. Because, give me a sense of the time frame on this, because you know, Margarita, and I'm not blaming you or anything, or making staff look bad, but for instance, we approved hiring a, a director and a deputy director for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we have yet to hire those two people. So give me, or give the committee and the public a time frame. How long do you think this is going to take us to achieve? Is it going to be Three months, six months, a year? It's, it's, um, it should be a very easy answer, uh, but it all depends on the structure that's set forth by your board, and again, working with county council and the CAO's office. Creating a classification is a, a lot easier. However, it's how that's going to be integrated into the organization that we really have to work with county council and the CAO's office. Because we don't want to do that in a vacuum. We have to look at the, at the big picture and how this entire program is going to be implemented. If we hire a project manager or director that doesn't have the necessary skills needed for a successful program, it's going to work to our disadvantage. So we really have to be really connected at the hip with both the CAO's office, uh, the county council, and really your staff as well to make sure that we hire an individual, we create the duties that are necessary and essential and fill that position. Fill in, once we have the structure of what the individual is going to do, then we cre that creating the job announcement and having the individual uh, apply, or if if your board chooses to go to hiring somebody that has specific skills, bringing that person on on a provisional basis, 
that can also be done. But the first step really is outline those skills that are necessary to implement a successful program. Now, uh, will any of this process involve the Civil Service Commission? It could, because if we're creating a classification that is going to be part of our normal classification process, the Civil Service Commission retains exclusive jurisdiction under our charter on the classified system. So we create a classification, it goes before the Civil Service Commission for approval, then we determine the appropriate compensation, and then it comes before your board for approval as part of the normal um, board approval process. Okay, so um, you're the head of our county, wide HR department, and you've just kind of gone a little further down in terms of giving the public and the committee a sense of this. Because from what you're saying, in my mind, we're looking at easily a year or more. That's in my mind. But I could be mistaken, and, that, and that's under the best of circumstances. But if we can do it faster, that'd be great. But I'm thinking, based on your response, this is going to be at least a year before we actually fill the position. You know, I just want to. I mean, I, I, I don't. I want to be very transparent around this because there's a lot of steps that need to go through, a lot of different uh, uh, paths that need to be mm -hmm. um, followed, and a lot of things that need to occur. Um, and I, I just know the county, and I know the the workload, and 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 just if you're just focused on this alone, maybe it could be achieved faster. But I don't think it's going to be achieved um, before. A year, to, a year's time, but just want to put that out there. If if, if you think you can do it faster, uh, please tell us, tell the public. But if you don't, just um, kind of indicate that you think that's reasonable. But I'm sure you'll be checking in with the committee anyway as we move forward to kind of give us a sense of progress that's being made. I am ever hopeful. Of, of being to achieve things in an efficient, effective manner. But given the many pieces that have to fall into place, uh, uh, I don't think this can be done overnight. And I, and I don't think, I think it would be a disservice to the community and to your board to say, yes, it can be done within the next couple of months. I do think it's going to be a longer process. And if we can achieve it quicker, we absolutely, that, that is always our goal. Um, we don't want to waste anybody's time, certainly not this committee, and we're going to be providing you with regular updates and let you know where we are in the process. Thank you. I just want to ask one clarifying question. Um, want to be clear on the sequence of events. My understanding is we need to adopt the ordinance before recruiting. Is that accurate? Or is it a parallel process? So internally... I, I do want to to caution that there are certain decisions that you will have to make that will likely inform the actions that HRS is going to take. Mm -hmm. um, for example, this the first step of hiring a project director is is that a contract individual or is that an employee? If it's an employee, then what do we have an existing classification? Is there a position? Is it term limited because they're only going, their task is to move the project forward and then get it implemented and then what happens? Do, do they continue um, or, or are they term limited as a project employee? And there are all these questions associated with saying, well, get us a project director. Okay, well, 
how, 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 what, you know, and, and so I'm sure that HR is going to come with some directions on, on that particular issue. But even when you start drilling down into the report itself, um, there are items, for example, there is a structure of um, proposed in, in the report of a, um, an executive director who is identified as being appointed by your board, yet fitting within the office of the inspector general and functioning as sort of the administrator for the oversight board and, and connecting. But the, off, the office of the inspector general is run by an inspector general. So who does the executive director report to? Do they report to the inspector general? Or do they report directly to your board? Does the inspector general report directly to your board? And so in a civil service structure, you need an appointing authority. And it's typically not your board except for agency heads. And that deals with our merit system and you know, classified employees and unclassified employees. And so all of those things are stuff that we are um, looking at and saying, OK, these are questions we need to ask. We need direction. And so that's touching the surface of the key details. And so um, I think until the director gets answers on some of those things, while she can begin the process of looking at um, what are comparable classifications out elsewhere, how do we identify scope and duties, and that informs salary and functions and all of that. But until we have a, a, some discrete answers, they can't really move forward. Moving forward for HRS, we can look at things in isolation. But ultimately, for this project, because of the complexity and the scope, again, we need to really drill down on all the specifics of how big is the organization going to be. Like Andrea said, are these going to be civil service employees? Are they going to be temporary, uh, provisional? What, but the critical part really is the entire structure. Um, and once you look at that, you really have to drill down on each of the elements that inform that. And that's where it, it, you really need very thoughtful analysis and implementation. Okay, thank you. One more question, sure. So um, as a, an example, when did we go out for the recruitment for the director and the assistant for DEI? I don't have that off the top of my head, Supervisor. Uh, I think I just come on board. Um, so when did you come on board? Uh, uh, meaning uh, as, as a director, before right. that my focus mm -hmm. was elsewhere. Right. So it was, I it may have been September. Uh, and September of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, of, of last year. Yeah. And then the recruitment, we have a really long recruitment yeah. process. We're actually uh, establishing the contract for the rec executive yeah. recruiter in that process. So yeah. executive recruitments do take a while. Yeah, so that, because um, I do recall, we, we approved this, the budgetary item in the, in the um, I think, the beginning, beginning of this fiscal year. Mm -hmm. um, we had been talking about it prior to the fiscal year, but we had, I don't think we approved the, the budgetary item. So we approved that. So you know, it's been at least uh, six six months or more since it's mm -hmm. been uh, underway, and but that's six months since we approved the budgetary item. But we were talking about this prior to that. 
So I just want to kind of put that in the context of, of this, because I think with DEI, that's a lot simpler than this process, I think. And that's why I'm kind of looking at uh, potentially a, a year or more. Um, and, and when the county council was speaking, I just want at, need to ask a question and see whether or not this is going to be uh, a response from the staff or if the committee and the board's going to have to make this call. So while we're going through this, at this process of recruitment, classification, hiring, et cetera, et cetera, um, and we've adopted the ordinance, are we basically going to be stymied in terms of the, the actual oversight body beginning to function and the Office of Inspector General beginning to function until we have key people in place? That That is a difficult question. I mean, I think there are certainly initial steps that can be taken, uh, appointing the members of the oversight board, getting them in place. Um, but even then, they are supposed to be doing certain training. And so who is designing that training? Who's putting together that training? And so all that staff needs to be there, prepared, taking the actions to make the role of the oversight board smooth and that it, that it function well. Um, and, and so getting individuals on board um, to, to assist them, to plan, to do all of those things, um, while you may have appointed members, can they function? Can they start? Can they do certain things? They can certainly begin meetings. Um, they could get certain trainings. Like, for example, our office always does the routine trainings, Brown Act, public records, all of those kinds of things. And, and we can make those available, whether we're assigned as counsel or not. Um, but uh, it, it's difficult to say until you look at what are the roles and functions how do the pieces fit together? Because it's quite a puzzle at the moment. And so getting those pieces together and then finding the individuals to, to fill those roles may take some time. Yeah. Once again, I, I know uh, the chair of the committee can, can appreciate this, you know, because it, it took us a while even with reparations. And I think reparations is a lot easier than this. And it took us a while even with the Elections Advisory Commission, which I think is a lot easier than this. So I'm just kind of... Kind of, kind of level setting here, expectations. Okay. Thank you. Now we're going to hear from the CAO's office. Thank you for your patience. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Melanie Attendito, County Administrator's Office. Um, in the same vein as the previous slide, uh, with respect to the board-adopted recommendation that applies to the County Administrator's Office, Part D uh, was to authorize the County Administrator to establish the Oversight Board and Office of the Inspector General as part of the fiscal year 24-25 budget process. Uh, the county administrator will, will work with Human Resource Services to review and discuss, discuss options with respect to structure. Granted, you know, based on the conversation, much of that direction will come at the direction of the board. Um, and once we, you know, in combination with information uh, that comes forth with respect to appropriate classification, um, perhaps scope and scale, uh, we can start uh, planning for what would make sense to incorporate into the fiscal year 24-25 budget. Uh, so the budget development process essentially kicked off with the adoption of the budget strategy by the board in December. Uh, the agencies and departments are now working on preparing uh, their budget requests aligned with your board's adopted maintenance of effort policy. 
Um, and that process, uh, you know, continues through uh, essentially the end of the current fiscal year, um, culminating with the adoption of a final balanced budget by June 30th. Uh, so we have, you know, this next essentially six-month time frame to identify um, and project what would be appropriate to incorporate as part of the budget process for the developing budget. Uh, and as directed by your board, uh, the county administrator's office, again, will work with human resource services to fund the project director position within existing resources meeting. Uh, you know, we'll find uh, spending authority within the existing approved budget to fund the position. Um, thank you. Do we know at this point, um, identifying the funding for the project director, um, we're essentially creating a whole new division department. Is that accurate or do we know where that position will be held? You know, I think this may be one of the questions where we need additional clarification and direction. There, uh, As far as I understand, there are different models that exist. Uh, the one that I personally am most familiar with is LA County. And uh, my understanding, if we take the Office of the Inspector General, for example, is that uh, that office uh, is essentially reflected as part of the budget of the Board of Supervisors. Um, it, it also encompasses the, the uh, county executive office. So it's represented as you know, one big entity. Um, but the OIG is listed in LA County's budget document as a project of the Board of Supervisors. Um, so, you know, I think that's a matter for discussion um, in terms of structure uh, and, you know, similar to what was discussed earlier in terms of who, you know, what, what, the, reporting, uh, what the reporting structure would look like, both for the Inspector General as well as uh, staff to the Oversight Board. Thank you. Supervisor, if yes. I might just quickly follow on. I, you know, I think so that sort of lends itself to some of the confusion with the various positions and the titles that are being used. The, the board letter in item C of the recommendations delegated the authority to the Human Resources Department or their designee to recruit an AB 1185 project director to implement the recommendations. And so that's the question of, well, once the recommendations are implemented, then what? And then the other positions that are referenced in the report are, obviously there's the oversight board, not a position, but a board. There is the inspector general, who is to be the head of the office of the inspector general, a whole new county office. And then also within that office is this executive director, which I think sometimes we're getting confused with the project director. And the executive director is essentially tasked with um, assisting the oversight body in its functions and duties, and 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 being appointed by your board. That the staff the report has it has that person and the inspector general being appointed by your board. And again, that is where we have some uh, conflict with um, the civil service process and the hierarchy and the appointing authority and, and those kinds of things. So I hope that's helpful. It is, and, and do we know, have we done um, the research to answer whether or not the inspector general, executive director, and the project director, whether there's any statutory requirements in fulfilling those roles? The, the only 
statutory guidance we have regarding their functionality is AB 1185, and that relates to um, the Inspector General and their authority, excuse me, I know it's hard to hear, authority regarding uh, subpoenas and, and, and that authority. So you, you have a lot of flexibility regarding the structure, provided that you're in conformance with the charter and the admin code regarding the civil service rules and those kinds of things. I mean, that's where we're seeing the conflict. And we're, there may need to be a decision that um, the executive director, not the project director, who's the implement the project, but the executive director may not be able to be appointed by your board and may need to sit under the auspices of the inspector general. And they would be the appointing authority who would you know, perform performance evaluations and maintain their role, and, and, and yet they would still perform the functions that are set forth in the report, but they would have a superior in that chain of command. Go ahead. And, and, and right now you're still trying to ascertain if that's, if that's the, 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 the I, I certainly, direction. I certainly see that as a question. We will right. need you, you have, and, but, but hopefully we'll come to you with a yeah, recommendation. Right, right. Okay. Um, do, does the staff recall off the um, top of your head how many um, oversight bodies and offices of the Inspector General are presently in existence with counties now? I, I, I think it's a limited number. I thought I saw that in one of the reports earlier on. I, I think it's a growing number, and I believe it, in California it, it probably is moving closer to 20. Okay. And, and it had been a number of years ago. There, there seemed to be more and more uh, counties, in, 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 including various structures. As you know, you were okay. presented with, is it hybrid? Is it, right. you know, what are the mm -hmm. variables? And you will see a broad range of different structures uh, across the, all the different counties. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, and, and whether they're created by the board of supervisors or by initiative, that there are also a, a variety of them out there. Yeah. But um, at last count, I think I had documents from fifteen or so different counties. Okay, and at the moment, I don't think any have been initiative-driven. I don't think, but I could be mistaken. No, oh, in the state, I don't think. Well, so certainly, San Francisco was initiative. Sonoma was an initiative. Okay. Um, and there, and Oakland was an initiative. Well, and yeah, I'm talking others. counties. Don't bring cities into this. I try not to. You don't get us confused. Okay. Um, and then, Melanie, if I recall correctly, from the the report from uh, Wendy Still, uh, the the there was a the budget. I think there was a budget range in there, a high and a low. So can we adopt for the 24-25 fiscal year, uh, you know, a, a placeholder with, with, you know, a budget to the, the, let's say, if it's $5 million, just as a placeholder so that at least the, we've identified the funds and we have it, have, have it um, indicated it in, our, in our budget? Or how do you see that uh, playing out? Uh, my understanding of the direction that was adopted by the board was to essentially allow for, as part of the review process by Human Resource Services, to establish the uh, the appropriate classifications and salary ranges. So, you know, we can take a look at the, the guidance that was originally recommended um, 
by Wendy Still. Uh, what I'll say is, um, you know, in terms of size and scope, again, if we take LA County, for example, um, I haven't looked at their most recent budget document, but when these conversations first started, I had looked back, I think it was the 21-22 budget. At the time, what they had budgeted for the OIG uh, was roughly $8 million. So if you, if you keep in perspective the fact that LA County's budget is about 10 times the size of Alameda County's, um, you know, that can give you an idea of scope and scale that we may, we may be looking at um, on our end. Um, I, I believe that the approach that Wendy took was to uh, essentially take a look at the size of the sheriff's budget and uh, I think what she had recommended was roughly about uh, where she landed was about a half percent mm -hmm. um, of the sheriff's budget. So I think she was working backwards from uh -huh. that marker to come up with uh, the structure that she had proposed. So for the budget process, the board could adopt um, a, a resolution, a policy, whatever we want to call it, that this the Office of Inspector General and Oversight Body, um, the budget would be X percentage of the sheriff's budget. That, that could be one way to approach it. I think, you know, one um, caveat to that process would be what would we then cut from, you know, if we're looking at the prior year's budget as, uh, you know, a guidepost. Well, well we're going to have to come up with new money. We're not going to cut anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think this is going to be new, you know, new money, you know, new general fund money that we're going to have to um, appropriate for this. I think uh, I don't see where we're going to cut anything. This is this is a new thing that we're taking on. We're not required to take it on, but we're deciding to take it on. So we're going to have to come up with new money. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'll I mean, I'll leave it up to the the budget committee as you you know work with the budget committee and proceed forward. But I, that's what I'm thinking. And I just think it'd be easier if we did just make it a percentage of the sheriff's budget. If the sheriff's budget is $500 million, then 2% of the sheriff's budget. I'm just throwing that out as a figure. Um, and then the other thing, I recall when this was before us, the undersheriff mentioned to us, like, there are 12 positions here, uh, staff positions, and we were told, at least from the undersheriff's perspective, that they had... I don't, I don't know if he's speaking on behalf of the Sheriff's Department. It might have been. But he just thought that that was ex an excessive number of positions um, and that what, what's, you know, are all these people going to have work to do and are we just creating um, additional positions to create additional positions? So, we, so I think that needs to be, uh, I guess, determined too at some point. And I don't know if that would be part of the budget or personnel, or um, or once we get the folks hired, the executive or the project person, the executive, and the inspector general, then we kind of look at the staffing within those uh, ranks. But um, I do think there was some merit to that as well. Uh, yes, I recall the undersheriff raising raising that concern as well, Supervisor. My recollection was that he. Uh, the retired undersheriff. My recollection was that he had raised a concern with respect to the size of the sheriff's command staff. Um, as you noted, the sheriff's organization is uh, close to a $600 million organization. Um, and so 
you know, apples to apples, it becomes a question of, you know, what is the appropriate scale and scope? Um, I think in Wendy's report, uh, consistent with, I believe, the recommendations that are established by NACOL, um, you know, fit is an important consideration um, for the county. And so we can certainly look at that as one of the inputs in making the recommendation for the appropriate uh, size and scale um, as to what would work for Alameda County. In addition to, I think, compare, you know, part of our normal process is comparisons with uh, other jurisdictions. So again, LA County, $8 million uh, a couple years ago, their, their budget is about 10 times the size. Thank you. I think we have one more slide. I think that's the uh, final slide. Um, and, and, and so our next steps are, are to come back to you with um, a, a fully, fairly fleshed out draft ordinance at your next meeting on February 22nd um, and to have greater information from the various uh, CAO staff and, and HRS staff uh, so that we can start the process and, and certainly have give, it, give you some discrete questions that we think need to be answered and, um, and, and, and let us begin. And, and so I think um, we look forward to that. Thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for um, their collaboration and preparing the detailed information and the presentation today. We're now going to take public comment on this item. If you're participating remotely, please raise your hand. And if you're in person, please fill out a speaker card. And we will allow, is two minutes the standard in committee for public comment? Yes. OK. Thank you. Caller, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Wendy? Unmute your microphone, Wendy. We'll come back to you. Caller, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Lorelai. Hello, thank you for taking my comment. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. My name is Lorelai Bosserman. First, I want to thank you, supervisors, for the work you're doing to create um, Sheriff Oversight Board. Um, and I'm very glad that you're including an inspector general in the plan. Um, and I strongly, strongly urge you to make sure that the board has independent uh, legal counsel, um, not to say anything against the county council, just that there's a conflict of interest since the county council also represents the people the board would be overseeing. Um, and I think that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for moving forward on this. Caller, you're on the line. You have two minutes. James. Hi, my name's Luann McKeefrey. I'm in Castro Valley. Um, thank you for this presentation today. Uh, it looks like um, you'll be needed to create some things that are not currently in existence down the line besides just this uh, oversight committee. I have 
spoken out and against an oversight committee because I am the oversight committee as well as everyone who goes to the ballot box to vote. But what I like to say is uh, we have a coroner position because this is a sheriff coroner. And I was wondering why it wasn't considered separating this, the coroner and the sheriff's position, which would give you an oversight with me still being on that committee to vote who is my coroner and also who is my sheriff and how they practice their uh, position or take authority over their position. The next comment I'd make is if the sheriff had their own budget, they would be disassociated from board of supervisors, but with an oversight of the uh, coroner together, that would be a much more um, efficient, effective, and for the greater good of the community. Now, what we've seen in the past few years coming out of uh, Sacramento is moving from my ballot box to another authority who's unelected. And this uh, committee is doing that, unelected, going to make recommendations perhaps, but not using the elected position to do the job that they've been brought in to do. So we had an AB 1185. We had the move of the health officer to take control complete control over all of everyone, unelected position, and the November charter to change our charter, which is taking our ability to recall as it is already written and moving that to the state as well. So I just see this as a movement from me to corporate. Wendy, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Unmute your microphone, Wendy. Can we read the last four digits of the phone number, perhaps? Can you say the last two or three digits of the phone number? Oh, it's not, okay. Michelle, you're on the line, you have two minutes. Hi, this is Michelle from Fairview. Um, I'm, I'm hearing about this and I think it's really great. I'm very pleased that the supervisors are reviewing this. Thank you very much. I think this is something that we, we need. Um, I'm just curious. I know that um, the BART police do something similar, uh, BART Police Citizen Review Board. And I was wondering how this would compare to what they're doing because I know what they've done has been very successful and I'd like to see something successful in our county as well. Um, I do believe that um, there's a Erin who serves on that board as well. I think Supervisor Miley might know her. Um, and it would be nice to see how the two directly compare. Thank you. Reverend Jenkins, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Good evening. Thank you to the supervisors for uh, running our county as efficient as they can. I have a question from um, uh, one of our, our members, uh, Ms. Victory asks, wants to ask County Council if they are aware that their office made the initial 2022 draft that our coalition has made edits to and whether they are writing a new ordinance from scratch or working from the existing uh, draft. 
Um, that's a question um, that we have for county council, but I wanted to weigh in uh, and, and let you know, first of all, the, the, the reason why we have advocates um, uh, in your face is because a lot of people are at work and can't take off work and forego their responsibilities to sit in these meetings without jeopardizing their livelihood. So some of us volunteer who schedule allows to advocate for those who can't be in these meetings. That's why we have some of the same advocates coming towards you. I also wanted to weigh in um, that we need independent counsel. The reason why I believe that we need independent counsel, um, uh, just because over the, um, um, the Lagerville case, $8.5 million, where the judge told the lawyer appointed by the county council because of a conflict, um, that they didn't even apologize to the people where the sheriff was, was wrong and the deputies who were involved in that incident um, were clearly uh, out of step. Um, so that's why we're looking for independent counsel. But I wanted to also, if, if very quickly, I think that there should be um, a selection panel for uh, five people in two. And the reason why is we look at the Trump case and see where uh, he elected his own clerks to come out and mimic what he wanted to do. We want transparency. And the only thing we can get transparency is if the public participates, nominates, and then the board comes in and say, I thank you. Sandy, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my name is Sandy Kurtz. I live in District 4, and I'm co-chair of the Alameda County Chapter of the ACLU. Um, I want to emphasize and reiterate the comments uh, in support of independent legal counsel. If you think about it, even if people are enter entering into a business contract and they are planning to work very closely together, before they sign that contract, they each have their own attorney look at it. They don't have the same attorney represent both of them or all five of the larger group. So in a case where, you know, we've got the sheriff on one side and people who are overseeing them potentially on the other side, both of them need their own counsel to address those issues. Um, the other issue I want you to con continue to think about is AB 11085 is designed to establish civilian oversight. And I'm putting emphasis on the word civilian for a reason. These are people who are not from law enforcement. Um, like the sheriff's office is more than welcome. And I think according to the charter is expected to be present at oversight board meetings, but they don't need to be a member of the oversight board. That should be reserved for civilians. Thank you very much. Jean Moses. Hi, uh, I'm Jean Moses. I uh, am a member of the Interfaith Coalition for Justice in Our Jails, and I live in Lena Tam's district. Don't ask me what number it is. Um, I have two brief points. One is that we've um, heard that there is a letter from County Council that it's client privileged that she gave to the Board of Supervisors, and that reference has floated around for several months and we'd I'd like to know the status of that letter because some of our disagreements might be clarified if we knew what the basis of county council's opinion is with regard to independent council or the reporting relationship of the council so one is could we please find out what the county council is thinking and writing in their letter to you guys um, the other 
thing that came to mind this morning is that we talk about a project director, and I believe that an analogy is the role that Wendy still played. And Wendy still was hired fairly quickly because she was viewed as somebody who was assisting as a consultant, basically, the Board of Supervisors. And I'm wondering if that wouldn't be the best way to look at the position going forward. I'm a little confused by conflating a project director with the staff of the oversight body. Um, that was just my own observation. Thank you very much for your work. Bob, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Bob Britton, I'm also with the Infaith Coalition for Justice in Our Jails. I wanted to thank Supervisor Miley for pointing out that this item has been under discussion since 2021. Since 2021, there have been 20 in-custody deaths, including the horrible death of Maurice Monk, who laid unmoving, dead or dying for three days before medical staff or custodial staff entered his cell to find him dead. That resulted in a negligence settlement of $7 million. Since 2021, there have been way more than $7 million in settlements. The last death, which was last year in September last year, Yuri Brand was a homicide. He was murdered, even though he was in jail for a misdemeanor and had been in custody for only a number of hours. I think it's time that we move forward with this. I'm kind of shocked that even though the county council says they were uh, tasked with writing an ordinance, that there is not an ordinance written yet, not one to put before the board. Uh, I agree with one of the earlier speakers who said that it is meant to be civilian oversight, and that um, although Supervisor Miley voiced support for having police on the oversight commission because they know police work, it is meant to be civilian oversight, and we all know about the thin blue line. Thank you. Wendy, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Wendy Alston, resident of Berkeley, here on behalf of the Berkeley Friends Meeting Racial Justice Action Team. And uh, our organization has been in support of oversight of the jail and continues to be so. Um, I would note, having been a lawyer, I find that the conflict issues inherent in the council position being embedded within the uh, county council's office to be nearly insurmountable when the county council is the charge with defending the board of supervisors and the sheriff's office should there be a conflict in how the uh Inspector General, if finds it necessary on behalf of a, a prisoner to um, take action that it can't be resolved administratively, 
with the um, jail administration or the county ad, uh, administrations. Uh, although I, I realize that you lose some uh, skills when a person has is within the uh, general council in this way time county councils uh, bureaucracy that they're supporting ways for doing things that uh, may result in some missteps with an outside person I think in order to really achieve justice and have an independent operation that the board is going to need to have an independent council thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to speak Saida, you're on the line. You have two minutes. Thank you. Good afternoon, uh, supervisors. I first uh, want to commend you for the effort you've put forth in moving this uh, issue along. I'm here speaking on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Alameda County Council of the Six Leagues. I also want to add uh, our voice to the um, ask for an independent legal counsel. Uh, we feel it is critical that Oversight Board have its own counsel to avoid conflicts of interest in reality or in appearance. And I also appreciate uh, your discussion about an appropriate budget because clearly an adequate uh, funding will really have an important say in how this oversight is implemented. Um, and also the recognition that oversight can't be dependent on a particular individual, but it has to be part of a system overall, such as, for example, having um, financial audits. And um, again, thank you so much for um, moving this process along. And also, President Miley, I just want to comment that I appreciate the fact that you are uh, you have brought up the discussion about the time it would take to do the imp this implementation so that the community is aware of what we can expect. And just to end, once again, um, we um, strongly urge you to have include an independent uh, council as part of the oversight system. Thank you so much. I have no more speakers for this item. Okay, thank you so much for everyone that took the time to call in. And as was mentioned earlier, we're going to continue this discussion and a draft ordinance will be coming back to this body on February 22nd. That meeting will be at 10 a.m. Um, myself, and I know President Miley has noted a lot of the questions that came up, although we're not in a position to answer them right now. Our goal is to have more concrete information for everyone at our next meeting on February 22nd. Um, before I open up general public comments, President Miley, would you like to make some more remarks? Sure, thank you, Chair. Um, just a, a few things based on some of the public comments. First of all, I don't support sworn officers being on the oversight. What I support is officers who have retired they are retired. At that point, they're civilian. And if they've been retired, I can't remember uh, what we said, but it would have to be for a couple of years. Um, that 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 uh, 
uh, former uh, law enforcement officers would not be precluded from serving on it should we want to appoint a, a person. Uh, doesn't mean a person who's a former law enforcement officer would get appointed, but we wouldn't be precluded from that. So once again, I can't remember the time frame, but I do know we, we allowed for that as a possibility, but they would have to have been retired for a certain amount of years. But for people to say, I support police, you need to clarify that, not sworn officers who are presently uh, active duty or reserve uh, police officers. Secondly, um, the county council's confidential memorandum uh, to the Board of Supervisors, um, you know, obviously we could waive the, the privilege and release that. We've been advised by county council that that might not be advisable for us to do that because I would set a precedent that there's reasons associated with that. And I, and I know uh, the board members are familiar with that and county council uh, possibly could speak to why we wouldn't want to uh, release that confidential memorandum. Um, but it does contain information that helps to inform our thinking. Thirdly, the time frame. Um, now, uh, folks might not agree with me on this, but I've been totally frustrated by how long it's taken us. Totally frustrated. But I'm not a czar, I'm not a dictator, I'm not the commander in chief. I work with my colleagues, and this thing has been methodically uh, moving along, but at a, at a pace that's been, you know, to my um, ch um, chagrin, a very, you know, slow pace. And then based on the conversation today, you can see that even today, ultimately, once we do get an ordinance to us, and ultimately when we do pass an ordinance on a first reading and a second reading, then there's a long journey after that uh, for implementation. So, you know, so we're not going to really see this being implemented, I don't think, for, and I'm just trying to be honest with people, it could be a year or more, um, even if we go with the best of um, circumstances. But I've been totally frustrated by that. And yes, Aaron Armstrong is on the review board for BART. Aaron Armstrong is one of my policy uh, uh, staff. Um, she holds certain policy areas, as well as Daryl Stewart and other staff, and they're quite um, competent. And Aaron sits on the BART uh, board of oversight and, and has advised me, and I actually know the chair, and we've had con uh, uh, folks from the BART, um, the staff who, rep who work with that oversight body uh, to speak with us, and I thought that was a, an effective model. I mean, I looked at that three years ago, um, and I know Wendy still, when she did her analysis, that was one of the entities she looked at. Um, then I know there continues to be this concern about uh, independent counsel. Uh, I've been clear on this. I would like to see when the ordinance does get to us, and if we do um, have it enacted, I'd like to see that we consider e a review period to evaluate the effectiveness of the ordinance and the operations of the Office of Inspector General and the uh, Oversight Board. And I don't know if the Board of Supervisors is going to approve independent counsel or not. But regardless, we review that after maybe 18 months because we'll have enough maybe operational experience at that point to determine if we haven't gone with independent oversight, if that's uh, 
um, if it's not working, do we need to go with independent, not, not independent, with independent counsel? If that's not working, then do we need to amend the ordinance so it does work? But not just look at that, but look at all aspects of what we've put in place to determine whether or not we need to amend the ordinance. That's one of the benefits of having it be an ordinance that the board enacts as opposed to a ballot measure, because if it was a ballot initiative to make a change would require putting it back on the ballot, getting support to put it back on the ballot, running a campaign, and then hopefully getting whatever needed to be amended approved by the electorate in Alameda County. But if it's an ordinance, the Board of Supervisors can amend an ordinance relatively uh, uh, quickly with one reading and a, and a second reading. But I do think it's important that we have some type of review, regardless of what direction we go with independent counsel, as well as all other aspects of this um, oversight and uh, Office of Inspector General. And then finally, someone asked about the project manager. So there are different ways of cutting that, but keep in mind the project manager that headed this up before worked out of basically worked for Supervisor Valle, former Supervisor Valle. He's the one who hired and paid for the position for the most part out of his um, office budget. And they basically provided the framework and the structure for this. And obviously, uh, I, as a member of the Public Protection Committee, uh, supported that. Uh, and then the rest of the board ultimately supported it too. But that was kind of the mechanism that went forward when Wendy Steele, Wendy Steele had this. Now what's happening is uh, we're taking it through the entire county process to bring on a project manager. I don't believe, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but I don't believe that um, uh, the chair of this committee and, and her office want to take on the responsibility of funding it and, and managing, managing it. I think they want to kind of... Um, uh, guided and directed, but I don't know if they want to actually pay for and hire the project manager and be responsible for all the mechanisms associated with this major endeavor. So I, I just want to kind of point out the distinctions here in terms of where we are at this point in time. And, you know, my I always say reasonable people disagree. You've heard me say that many, many times over the years. Reasonable people disagree. Um, and what we're putting in place here, ultimately, I always like to say, too, is let not, let's not have perfect be the enemy of the good. Let's get it in place and then see what we need to do um, to adjust it if it's not working the way uh, we'd like it to work. Because fundamentally, we want to make this work effectively, and we also want to make sure that the public has confidence in it as well. Um, and I think that's very, very important. Uh, so... That's kind of where, where I am at, at this, and I just wanted to kind of respond to what I heard coming in from the public today in terms of comments. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to, before we wrap up this item, acknowledge the work of um, former probation, Chief of Probation Wendy Still, who um, provided the RIJ report. This was one of the recommendations out of that report. And just to clarify, my office is still working with her in a very narrow focus with respect to other REJ initiatives, but not specific to this item. So just wanted to clarify that for the record. Um, so we're going to close item agenda, agenda item number one and move on to number two. This is general public comment for items under the purview of this committee, but not on the agenda. Do we have any public comment? James, you're on the line. We're on public comment. You have two minutes. Hi. Um, I didn't. To which board? Please stop my time for a minute. 
Could you clarify what I can speak you, on and not you speak can on? Make general public comments with respect to public protection, so the items that come before this committee. You know, I don't know what items come before your committee. Um, I guess you can scratch my comment if it's out of place. Would that be okay to go forward? Go ahead. It's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, my name's Luann McKeefrey. Um, I wanted to request that a meeting alert be implemented, uh, Board of Supervisor meetings, such that when you when they're taking a break for a period of time, it's difficult to know when you'll be back. Um, I know when I go to a restaurant, they'll buzz my phone when it's time for my reservation. So something like that, so that it would be easier um, to participate when there's the long lull. Uh, and that would go for also when this particular item speak on something not on the agenda, uh, because that can it can be hours or not hours for when you would be able to speak. So that's my request. I also wanted to comment on something that um, Mr. Miley spoke of earlier about the crime. And uh, I was at the 24-hour fitness in San Leandro uh, just yesterday, and I noticed as I left, there was three parking lots that had glass. Um, probably from broken in cars. And it, it is astounding change. And it's, it's moving, moving outside of its original center, um, if there was one. And um, I think crime, a lot of crime, the policies that were put in place, stay at home, open borders. These things are causing our crime. Fentanyl coming, just flooding over the border. There's no talk of that anywhere in the state of California except by the individuals, but not by the by uh, those that we have elected. And it's time to stand up and take a look and consider those as reasons that are, are coming into our community and causing problems. We have 500 million, 500 million since Biden took office that have come across the border needing food, housing, shelter, everything. How will we? How will we do? Apparently also medical, which California would be happy to give them. So consider the sanctuary city role that we have. And the last thing I'd say is please start meetings on time, particularly your general meeting. You'll be waiting 15, 20 minutes before you come online. I'd be appreciative of that. So thank you very much. I have no additional speakers for public comment. Thank you. This meeting is adjourned. Our next meeting will be on Thursday, February 22nd at 10 a.m. Thank you, everyone.